Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sotelos Podcast Con Mama and Dada It's a fast Thank you, Ariela. If you're a Selena fan like we are, you will absolutely love this episode. We'll be hanging out with the executive producer of Selena, the series on Netflix. His name is Jaime Davila, a young Mexican-American film producer, son of immigrantes, who is at the forefront of bringing more Latinx representation to mainstream America, mainstream Hollywood. Yes. And now is the president of his own production company, Campanario. His production company makes How to Survive Being Single on Amazon, Colossus on Fuse, Mexican Dynasties on Bravo, and currently the number one series on Netflix, Selena. Get ready to be inspired and find out more about season two of Selena, as well as your chance to win a $100 gift card coming up next. We'd like to thank God for another opportunity to hang out with you. My name is your boy Edgar. This is my wonderful wife, Janet. Hola. Jaime Davila. Welcome. Bienvenido. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for making the message loud and clear that we Latinos are a part of mainstream America and it should be represented like that on our screens. That's right. That's right. I know you guys are doing a big part of that too. So thank you guys. And yeah, thank you for having me on the show. And also, thank you for reintroducing Selena, because now I'm like, yes, I forgot how much I love her music, and now our daughters get to hear that music. So thank you for that. No, that was a big part of it, right? Because obviously, look, Selena is such a major part of our identity, right, as Mexican-Americans or Mexicans, Latinos, right? She's so part of it. But, you know, when you're premiering in 190 countries, you know, we were, we were, we were realizing, man, like people in Japan they don't know Selena or her story, right? People yeah. in Denmark don't know her Selena or her right. story. So we really wanted to take care and tell the full story so that, you know, fans could get, you know, details they didn't know, but yeah. also for new people just coming in could really fall in love with the family, with the music and with Selena's story. And that's what I love about this series, Jaime, is that not only are you focusing on the micro, meaning the true Mexican-American, super hyper-focused experience of many Mexican-American youth that grow up not speaking Spanish mm-hmm. and kind of feeling that, no soy ni de aquí ni de allá. Mm-hmm. I'm not Mexican enough. I'm not white enough. I'm not American enough. And really showcasing that. And then on the macro, just showing this beautiful story of humble beginnings, family that has huge family values that finds a way, makes a way out of no way to reach their dreams. And so it fits on a micro level for us speaking to Mexican-Americans, immigrantes, et cetera, but mm-hmm. also on a larger scale across the country. It's just a beautiful, inspiring story. No, thank you guys. Yeah, we were, look, it was such a tireless effort, right? And so, you know, I started my company, Capanario, with the idea of 
creating series like Selena, right? And so a big part of that, you know, when you get the opportunity is, well, who do you hire, right? And we were so lucky that we had a great, great team, not just of writers, led by Moises, who ran a great writer's room. You know, the entire room was comprised fully of uh, Latino, Mexican-American, Latinx. You know, they all identify in different ways. And it was just this powerful thing to behold because everyone worked so hard to do exactly what you just said, which was how do we present something new details, right? Like how do, how do we tell people the story of how you're a young band and you don't have lights and you have to have lights? Well, what do you do? And I think there's a really fun, you know, true story that's in episode one of, you know, what AB Catania had to do uh, to get lights for their shows. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say, you know, there's some peach cans involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give too much away. It is so inspiring to know that this is the, a true story, right? Yeah. That a Mexican-American family believed in themselves, worked super hard, and not only changed like our lives as Latinos and Mexican-Americans, but changed the world. I mean, look, I know that a lot of people in the world don't know this story, but they know her music. Yes. You know, I was enough to go to Europe a few years ago, and in Paris, I heard Como La Flor at a club. And I was, you know, I was jamming. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when we get to a place now where Latinos are, Bad Bunny is the number one artist on Spotify. In the world, regardless of genre. In the world. (laughs) And that's, you know, it's like, how do we get there? It's like, because we're mainstream, but a lot, I I sort of say like, we have to look at Selena too, right? Like she started to make this, you know, Spanish in the United States, all this sort of stuff possible. And so I think, you know, when we're looking at what's happening today with this Latin explosion, it's exciting to go backwards and see, wow, it started with this Mexican-American family. I want to dive a little more into Selena's series, how it was made, and then backtrack, Jaime, into your own inspiring personal story of how you got to where you're at today, being the executive producer of the number one series. Listen to this, guys. On Netflix, in the U.S. and in Mexico, within 24 hours of its premiere. Que orgullo. No manches. Impresionante uh-huh. esto. We got to celebrate that. And I want you to start off by telling what did you do when you saw that y'all hit number one for this series right here? We really need a different drummer. There's no Beatles without Ringo. And there's no Selena without Suzanne. <laughs> All I wanted was a song good enough. So write a song. Goosebumps. Yeah. On my skin. <laughs> Big time. I can't imagine what you're feeling, Jaime. No, yeah, it was an amazing moment yesterday to wake up, you know, because I, I have... I have uh, uh, twin sons who like waking up super early. <laughs> so I was up very early and uh, try, you know, basically saying to them, like, please go back to your room. Please let, you know, your mom and I sleep. And, you know, looked at my phone and uh, had a message from a really good friend who works at Netflix and said, uh, you should open up your uh, account to see what the number one show is Ooh. in the US. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's beyond exciting. A lot of people in Hollywood said no to this story. 
You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I, when I, when I was able to, you know, confirm with the family that they wanted to do this, it wasn't like, oh, I got the, the you know, everyone was saying yes. It's a lot of people said no. And a lot of people said no, because they don't know about Selena, right? A lot of people just think she's a Mexican girl, right? They don't know she's an American girl, right? Mm. So like, oh, is that going to be Spanish language or what's that? And I'm like, okay, you don't even know. How do you tell Hollywood this, the sky is blue when they're saying it's green, right? It's like, I'm telling you, like, Selena's the biggest thing ever. And they just, they don't believe it. And, you know, Netflix got the vision. They were like, wait, you know, we were saying like, hey, we want to create this beautiful family story, you know, about a Mexican-American family that was really, you could say is super ordinary. I mean, one of my favorite moments is, you know, I think it's in episode four when Selena, I'll spoil this one, when she sort of talks about how she, I think she tastes a fart, right? That was me on all my road trips, right? Like this family was so ordinary and they they did something extraordinary, right? By hard work, by dedication, by grit, by not giving up. And, you know, a lot of people didn't see that vision and Netflix did. And so I was just, I was really proud for and excited for Netflix that, you know, they did a big bet and it paid off for them, you know, it's like that I, I could show them that, yes, the, the, the promise line that I was talking about, about this Latino audience was true. And then, yeah, I just felt, I felt so much pride and happiness for the entire cast and crew because, you know, they worked so, so hard on this. You know, we shot this, we had to shut down for the pandemic and then bring it back up oh, wow. during the pandemic. You know, the, the cast sacrificed so much time from their families to get this done, the crew as well. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm so happy for them because I really do feel like what Selena the series has proven is that Latinos can do it. We can have a number one show on Netflix and Selena the series will be the first. I'm excited for so many more. And, you know, we broke that glass ceiling, right? No one can say now that Latinos can't have the number one show on Netflix because we've proven that we can and we did. Si se puede y si se pudo. Exactly. And what's so amazing about that is like, because Netflix is such a huge platform, not only in the States and Mexico, but around the world, people around the world that, and even people in the country, in the U.S., their perception of Mexicanos is just gangbangers or drug dealers or whatever it may be. Because when we do make it on the screen, a lot of times that's just what we're portrayed as. To be able to showcase a hardworking Mexican-American family, mm -hmm. not only in the States, but around the world, is also educating people mm. much deeper of who we are, what our values are, and what we represent to this country. Uh, thank you for saying that. I totally agree, right? I think that's the subtext of this show, right? Which is, hey, we're, we're already here, right? And we're already contributing. We're already working super hard. We're already, you know, smart, funny, talented, beautiful. Like, we can do anything. Hopefully, that's the message of the show, right? It inspires Latinos to know that, like, hey, you're already part of this and you can do it. And it shows Americans, you know, people in Ohio, yeah. they're like, oh, wow, yeah, like, you know, Donald Trump is wrong when he says Mexicans are rapists. Like, no, that's not Mexicans. It continues. They're, they're, they're the, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what we're talking about. And, you know, a singer like Selena, right. what's so cool about the story is that there was a whole family behind her, you know? Yes. And I hope that everyone who watches this can see themselves in at least one character in the story. Well, and I think the ongoing message here is regardless of what your dream is or what you want to grow up to do or what you want to rebuild your life as, because this pandemic has taken so many things away from us, many of you that are listening right now have had to recreate yourselves professionally speaking and so on and so forth and financially speaking. And you're going to get a lot of no's and being Latinos, being Mexican-Americans, we get a lot of no's because people don't understand us or don't get us. And this is the message here is like, okay, when you get that no, then go create it and do it on your own. There's a clear scene where A.B.'s father, as New Quintanilla says, all right, you can't get so-and-so to write the music for you. Then go write it yourself. 
And he goes and does it. I don't know about you, Jaime, but when I crossed over in English radio and being the first Mexicano, first immigrant to be on English radio in New York City in the morning show and different areas and, and even here in L.A., you'd be shocked. Maybe maybe you won't be because I'm sure you've seen it. But how many times my white bosses in their 50s or 60s would say, you sound too Latino. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, have you ever had that conversation with a white radio host? Hey, you're sounding too white on the air. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is that? What are you it's, talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, they kill me. And here's <laughs> like New York. Here's L.A. We're we're basically the majority, you know? Oh, and it's the interesting thing where they get to decide, right? Like, I think I've had a very similar experience to you where it's like, sometimes it's like I'm considered the Mexican in the room. And then other times I'm considered not me- not really Mexican or Mexican enough or something. And it's like, why? I don't, I don't understand what that means. Yeah. Like I- I'm me, right? And I think what the show wants to show is that like, there's a power in being both, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we're neither from there, uh, from Mexico nor fully from the United States, but that's awesome. That's a power there. That's a superpower right there. Because you know, we get to see, we're like outsiders, but we're also insiders. And that gives you such unique perspectives, not only for business, right? Because Latinos yes. are changing the world and business all the time, but also in creative arts because it allows you to be a part of something, but also to see the art in it or the, the what you want to comment on. And so I think that experience that we've all had, because all Latinos have had this experience, right? Of being in these rooms where people think they know us, right? Think they know about what the Latino experience is or think they know more about our identity. And I think that's what the show hopefully proves is like, we control our identity. We control it. None of these people are going to tell us what we can and cannot do. Right. And look, obviously, I work in Hollywood, so I still need a lot of white people to say yes. Of course. But, <laughs> you know, but I think what we're what we're doing and showing them through your success, through you know Capanario's success, through Selena the series success, is that like, hey, yeah, we're we're here and we can cut it, and right. you don't have to treat us differently or think that we're you know too Latino or this. It's like we're just us, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people like that too. I love that. And I think we need to start saying a new phrase because a lot of times we say, I'm neither from there or from here, meaning Mexico or, or United States. And I think we need to start saying, we are both from there and from here. Ooh, I like that. Kind of twist it <laughs> and be like, we are both. Yeah. And it's exactly. a beautiful thing. And we're blessed because of that, you know? And highlight that's, it. Exactly. And that's, look, that's the message I feel like of my life. I've been blessed from being from both, right? Like I, you know, was born in McAllen, Texas, but spent every, I spent every summer in Mexico where my family, my mom's side of the family was still was. Um, and I loved it, right? Like right. I loved that I, that I spoke Spanish. I, 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 I loved that I knew more TV shows than everyone else because I was also watching Mexican telenovelas, right? Like, <laughs> I love that I knew more music, right? Because I was also listening to Selena and Luis Miguel and, you know, I mean, Timberiche. Like, I was, this was awesome yeah. for me. This was, uh, you know, and, I, and so I know that there's, you know, Hollywood's going to try to sort of say like, oh, you're neither this nor that. And like those people want to, that's what people are going to want to keep us down. Mm-hmm. But I think what you just said, Edgar, is exactly that. Like, hey, no, man, this lifts us up. We are both and everyone else would be so lucky to have two cultures to latch right. on to. Can't forget that. We can't forget that we are blessed with that. Mm. And there is a power in that. Mm. And look, I mean, look, it's just not, not just only the series. I mean, look, what was the number one Disney plus show this year. It was Hamilton, which mm. was written by a Latino, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. You know, the, the way Alison Hamilton talks in that show feels very current to the New York Latino experience. Everyone who's listening to this, you know, you guys are doing it. Like we can do it. That's that. amazing. That. Jaime, can you tell us how involved was a 
Quintanilla family in writing this? Yeah, so the Quintanillas were, so Suzette was our executive producer. Um, and so basically what that means is that she was looking over every single, so we spent time with her before, you know, um, we started, the writers started writing. So the writers were able to, you know, uh, Moises and us were able to create this sort of like big research packet, uh, both from their interviews, but then also from just sort of other stories so that the writers could then sort of really make sure that they got, you know, mm. enough factual stuff as they could, you know, as Suzette said, sprinkled with a little Hollywood glitter as well, right? You know, we're telling it, we're making a TV show. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, she read uh, every script, gave notes on every script. She was involved with approving all the casting, um, she was great. Suzette and the Continua family, you know, what I'm really excited about this show is for them to also be part of the Selena story, right? Because I think when you look at the movie and look, I love the movie, right. but you know, AB and Suzette aren't really in the movie that much. And, uh, you know, they're really a major part of what made, you know, Selena, Selena and the journey, you know, the full journey, the full journey of a family, right? Because I think that's the thing, right? Like, you know, Edgar, I'm sure you read to this too. It's sort of like, it's great that you guys do your podcast together. Uh, you know, but for me, like, look, I, I'm talking to you, right? Like, I, I can only talk to you because of the sacrifices my parents made, mm. right? And then the sacrifices my wife makes. So, mm-hmm. like, right. you know, the, the idea that I have a success, but, like, my success is all based on this family. And so I think that's my family, right? And so I think that's what's really cool to show about Selena. It's, it's the same, you know? There's this other family. I think that was really important for the, you know, I don't want to speak for the family. I just think, you know, it was really exciting to get to know them, you know, work with them. You know, AB is a musical genius. Right. Uh, I mean, he's a hero of mine. Suzette was also a hero of mine. Mr. Catania wasn't as a hero of mine. You know, I think Mr. Catania is someone who, you know, obviously in our show, you see that he pushes his kids. He's yes. tough. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of parents do that. Taylor Swift's dad also bought a bus and mm. also uh, helped manage her at the beginning. And there's not a lot of people who are hating on him. You know, and yeah. I think that's that's the power of, you know, what we want from this show. It's like, hey, your preconceived notions of these people, they're normal, funny, talented, great, great guys yeah. uh, and, and women. And so they were they were very involved with the project. And I'm so excited that they're, you know, tweet, you know, Instagramming and, and saying how much they love the show and, yeah. and that they're proud of it. It's really exciting. Yeah. And just to be clear, for those of you who don't know, Suzette is Selena's sister. Who's yes, also the sorry. drummer. Yeah, who's the drummer. No, it's okay. I know it's like, who doesn't know? But uh-huh. just in case. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so important that she was a part. But yes, she was an integral yeah. part. She was the drummer. And she was one of the few female drummers that existed um, right. in the 80s, 90s period. Um, and I think, she, you know, she she continues. She's the current president of, you know, Q Production. She currently runs a big, I'm sure some of your uh, listeners know about the Como La Flor Festival. That's in mm-hmm. Corpus Christi. Yes. You know, Suzette started that, runs that. She's uh, an inspiring businesswoman too. She's great. Oh, that's amazing. Jaime, at what point during the production of the series did you feel like, okay, this is all worth it? Like, did it hit you? Like, is there a moment that you could share with us that was like, wow. I'll be very honest. This was a really hard production. It was a really hard journey. Um, you know, it's it's not easy to make TV. And, you know, especially a big production like this with Netflix, we want to get everything right. You know, you want to make sure, you know, it was a long, hard journey. To be honest with you, I'm I'm really one of those people who uh, often, okay, I, if you've seen, if, when you watch part one, you guys will see Abraham in the show. And I really relate a lot to that character. Mm. Uh, they're often like, when are you going to enjoy this? When are you going to, and AB too, it's sort of like, I, I will eventually. And, mm. you know, right now I'm just, I'm very, con- there's still so much more work to do. I'm excited about this, you know, launching at number one. 
but I don't want to lose my eye on the prize and that I want to keep going. So, so yeah, I mean, look, there were very moments on set. I will say this, where like, like seeing the houses for the first time, right. That we recreated was just so for me as a fan, just like so powerful. Like, it was just like, wow. Like it feels like you're there or seeing Christian in the, any of the outfits really was always just like, wow. Like you just felt like you felt something special. Like the essence of Selena. Exactly. But then some problem would happen and I'd have to focus on that. So, (laughs) so, so so that's what I say. I think for me, you know, it's, it's really, you know, the life of a producer, it really is that it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work, you know, and the work never really stops. It's, you know, we've been working on this project since late 2016, you know, basically since my, when my kids were born. Wow. And we've been working with the family and, you know, we sold this to Netflix in 2018, I believe. Um, but yeah, like mid-2018 is when we sold it, got into production at the end of 2019. Um, but you know, that it's been a long, long journey. Well, congratulations and, so- and thank you for not taking no for an answer to all those people because <laughs> now we get to enjoy it and it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you guys for enjoying it. And that's the thing. I really made we really made this for the fans, for for families, for a new you know, a new generation of Selena fans, for current fans, just to sit back and watch something with your family and enjoy. You know, this is so family-friendly, inspirational show. And yes. um we, we made it for, you know, you guys, we made it for for really yeah. all this all the people in the world who have dreams. You yeah, know? And I definitely want to highlight that, Jaime, is that we enjoy the show because it is a family show. Like we can sit there and watch it with our daughter Ariela who just turned four and she's seeing the younger version of Selena when she just started singing and she's fascinated by it. By the way, she crushed it. What's her name? The little girl's uh, name that portrays Madison, Selena. Madison. Yeah. Madison Valley. She's amazing. Wow. She, you know, she, we, we, she sang at a Dodgers game, like right before we cast her and she was just like incredible. She is an amazing talent. The voice you hear in uh, for her is her voice. The rest of the voice the, in the series, you'll hear oh. Selena's voice when, when Christian sings. Um, but you know, Madison, that is her voice. She, wow. she is incredibly talented. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see where she goes. A lot of people are falling in love with her and I'm like, Oh, good, good. Yes. Let's, let's get you more work. With, with that being said, Jaime, we, how did you go about casting the role of Selena? I mean, the amount of pressure is, crazy because not only will people compare her to selena but then they were also going to compare her to j-lo basically the two biggest (laughs) latina icons that are in regards to our culture right in our generation uh coming up next i want to dive into that also what's coming for season two of selena the series hang tight Jaime, please take us through the process of casting for the role of Selena. The amount of pressure being compared to not just Selena, but also J-Lo. Take us through that journey. What do you mean? Was this, was this going to be hard? I don't, I don't, I don't. That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to criticize it, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so by the way i also love your uh your uh music cues there i was i could jam to that for a while so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got you bro. i think we all need to hang out because i don't know if you know this but Jaime is only in his 30s yes i feel dad. very old though everyone's Super on tiktok young. now i'm like uh no but yeah, we're I'm in like, our late 30s does that count <laughs> you're in your mid 30s babe no i think six is late it's i guess mid to late yeah <laughs> 
I still go to Disneyland when it was open. I still go all the time. So I'm a, I'm a kid at heart too. So, um, but look, no, I mean, look, yeah, it's, it's an impossible task. Like what, what, what we're trying to do. I mean, look, no one will ever replace the original Selena. Mm. Right. And I think I'm still sad that I can't see her acting in movies right now. Right. I'm still sad that I'm not seeing her, you know, have her Vegas residency and selling out for mm. months, right? Mm. Like, cause that was the future, right? She was going to become Beyonce before Beyonce became Beyonce. She, mm. she was, she was going to become that Texas superstar. And, you know, it's, it, she's irreplaceable. She was distinctly beautiful, distinctly so talented. The voice, you know, yeah. and personality too, you know, just the charisma and she had it. Yeah. And she, she had, she was so funny and goofy and nice. I mean, that's the thing when you talk to her, her family, they were like, what do you miss most? It's sort of like, I really just like, we lost a best friend. Like she was the coolest, best yeah. person ever, you know? And so she's, you can't, you can't cast that. Right. And mm. I think Christian would say the same. I think JLo would say the same thing. Like you can't cast, you can't replace Selena. So all you can do is try as hard as you can work really hard and try to capture a little bit, an essence of her spirit. Right. And so, you know, Christian says it herself, like this is bigger than Christian, right? Like she knew stepping into this, that this was an impossible task, but I think she deserves so much credit and so much kudos from our entire community and from the world for stepping into something so big. You know, this is not like stepping into like a, you know, even like Princess Diana, like this is like playing exactly what you said. It's, it's, it's different. It hits different for our community. Yeah. And she worked so, so hard, studied so much tape, did so much choreography, so much dialect coach, you know, she really wanted just to inspire other people the way that Selena inspired her, you know? Yes. And so I understand that there were going to be people who weren't going to be happy with it. Right. And I get it because I'm not happy in a way that we're making the show, right? That she's not here with us today. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm so proud of what Christian did. And, you know, Christian's been working in Hollywood for a long time. You know, I'm really excited for her to also break out from this because right. she should have been a star years ago. Yeah. And I'm excited for her to get a break too. And really mm. everyone on the show, Noemi, Gabe, Sadie, obviously has been working, you know, got for the same thing, but you know, they yeah. should all be working nonstop. And Cristian Sabratos being a Mexican-American, also Italian as well. So it's she gets to bring in it. I know it's very personal for her as well of, of showing this Mexican-American side of her and being a Latina in America. And But yeah, she, she did speak about the pressure. And here's a little audio clip of her speaking about this pressure that she felt. I had some nerves about it, obviously, because she's very well respected and very well loved and her family's involved. But I just had to trust myself and trust what we were doing on the show. And I just had to be committed and as honest as possible. And I really feel like she was with us on set. Was it important for you all to cast somebody that was also a singer or that could portray and try to sing? As well, as you mentioned earlier, the young girl that was a young Selena sang her parts and she sounded amazing. Cristian Serratos, to me personally, I think she does an amazing job of showing like Selena and the family aspect. I really get that from her. I really do believe that. And what I've seen on some of the reviews that just not just experts have said, but even just regular people, fans of Selena are like the times where she's performing or singing, there's something missing in that. You know, I think it's always uh, difficult when, again, you're trying to mimic someone that's one in a million, you know? Yeah. And so I think Selena did a great, uh, you know, Christian did a great job. But I would also say, you know, like 
what I loved about the way we use the music in the show and that we have Selena's original voice is a little, it's a little bit what Bohemian Rhapsody done. You know, it's a lot of other, other movies have done that um, and TV series. And so we got inspired by that. And, you know, ultimately it's like we have her spirit in the show too. You know, there's yeah. something so beautiful of the fact that you're hearing her real voice. That's Selena's awesome. Real, and I think for us, that's, there's something really beautiful that she's a part of our show. You know, when Suzette said, you know, that she thinks Selena would have really loved the show. I mean, that, that was just really, that you were asking me earlier about like, what was a really special moment? That was a really special moment uh, hearing that, you know, having her be a part of the show, even though she can't be, a, you know, she can't be a part of it, but through her music and through her voice, yeah. I just think it's so beautiful. You know, she's, she's speaking in our show. And so, you know, uh, I give a lot of credit to Christian, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for, for jumping into those shoes yeah. and, for, you know, for letting us, you know, use Selena's voice. And that's what I'm seeing brothers. Like she really put months and months of work into learning how Selena would move and how she would be on stage and so on and so forth. And, and I think it really is an unfair situation for any actress or anybody that's a singer to go into that role, because let's be honest, you're not going to be Selena and you're not going to be JLo. And, no, um, and by the way, JLo wasn't JLo. Exactly. I mean, we, I mean, this is the thing too. It's like, we're all like, oh, J-Lo. It's like J-Lo, when she was cast in the movie, A of all people were really mad, right? Like, I, I think even, you know, I was looking at some of the press coverage. I, there was worse coverage when J-Lo was announced than when we announced Christian. Right. And now, you know, we're all, we've all been living with that movie for 20 years that we're all like, oh, there's no J-Lo. I know <laughs> that in 20 plus years, when someone else uh, makes or in 10 plus years when someone else makes another Selena version, everyone's going to be like, she's no Christian. So, you know, it's just like, I'm excited for Christian to break out. She but really will. This she, is she, what it's about. And that's what's so awesome about your role being president of uh, Campanaria, right? Your production company is uh, that yeah. you get to be that trampoline for many Latinos and Latina actresses that haven't gotten their huge, huge opportunity yet. Right. I think that's the whole message of the Selena series. That's the whole message behind our podcast. That's the whole message between uh, about the Shaboy show, which is my nationally syndicated radio show that we've created is that we want to take ownership of our stories. We want to take ownership and open our own doors in the United States of America because the demand is there. And the people, the executives that have been at the helm for over 20 years have yet to recognize the strength in the Latino content and English speaking Latino content as well. So Thank you, hermano, for taking that leap of faith, for being a trailblazer and continuing on this surge. And moving on in regards to that, what can we expect in season two of Selena the series? Well, I think what's really cool about part one is that if you notice sort of like episode, the first couple of episodes, it's you know really much more of a family show because Selena's really yes. young. She's not really making a lot of decisions. And as you keep going in the episodes, you see this like she's there's even an, ep an episode, a scene in episode, I think four, where Abraham says like, Hey, Mijita, you got to find your voice. And so we see this transformation of her slowly gaining more and more of her voice, becoming a woman. And so I think what's really exciting about part two is we really see even more of Selena, right? We see her opening up her shop. We see obviously what, where it goes with Chris. Spoiler alert, everyone knows what happens. But if, you, if you've gotten to the show and don't know, then what happens? I don't know. We'll find out what happens with Chris. But, you know, we've also seeded that she's a fashion person. So maybe she opens up a shop. Right. We've seeded, you know, that Yolanda is coming in. Who is Yolanda? Um, you know, obviously fans of Selena will know. Uh, but I think exploring that a little bit will be more we do in part two. 
and also just more of the music. How did Bidi, Bidi Bomb Bomb come to be? Right. How did Amor Provido come to be? You know, there's still a lot of hits that we got to explore. Right. And I think that's part of the fun of part two as well. For season two of Selena, the series on Netflix, is that already a done deal? It's happening for sure. Did you guys start working on it yet? So we, yeah, we, we sold it as an original uh, two-part series. Got it. So that was the idea. And we had to shut down during the pandemic in March, but we picked up again in September um, and we got it done. Um, so all the episodes are locked. We're currently in the edit, uh, having a lot of fun there. Um, and no, we're excited to launch this at some point in the near future on Netflix. And yeah, again, that's something I'm also really proud of. Again, like, you know, uh, this Latino company, Capanario, produced during a pandemic. So, wow. you know, we, we made it happen it, it, when the world was saying, no, we got it done. So another thing, and I, by the way, I, I, and I take this, I want to say this too, like during this entire pandemic, Latinos have kept this country afloat. Yes, We are the ones working everywhere and, you know, we're the ones who, who do it. Right. And so, um, I don't want to lose sight of that too during this whole pandemic. I just sort of say like, I'm very proud of our community and how much we've yes. stepped up. Um, I don't think anyone after this year, not just in entertainment, but culture at large with what happened in Arizona or what's happening during the pandemic can say that Latinos don't keep this country running. Well, bottom line, I think the one of the key words that's come out of 2020 is essential, what's essential and what's not. And there's no doubt we Latinos already knew this, but I think the rest of America's finding out that Latinos are essential to this country. And that's, that's amazing. So thank you for bringing that point up, hermano. When will we see season two? That I don't know. I mean, that's up to the Netflix algorithm power gods. That'd be, yeah. I'm assuming at some point next year. Uh, and hopefully you'll have me on your show that we can talk about it again. Yes. Yeah. I love that, hermano. I think it's so important that we support series like Selena because when Netflix sees this impact in the future, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jaime, and how this works, but there will be bigger budgets for bigger, even more uh, quality into the production and filming of a series like Selena or anything else that we want to do as Latinos. Talk to me a little bit about that and, and what would you like to do in the future in regards to the quality and the level of production? I want to keep this journey going, right? I think what, again, what Selena the series is proving is that our shows can work, mm -hmm. right? And so when that happens, when directors usually do something like that, when actors are usually a part of a role or something like that, they get bigger opportunities in Hollywood with bigger budgets, with more opportunities. And I think I'm very excited for the entire cast and crew to get those opportunities. And look, I think that's the thing with, you know, ultimately there should just be more Latino shows, period. You know, like there needs to just be more of us on screen. And that's, that's what I'm going to be fighting for every day in the future. And again, and I'm really excited. Like right. I was really excited to launch in this series because I thought that we could get here. And the fact that we're number one shows that we are here. Yes. And so we, we gotta, you know, take this momentum and write it and make sure that Hollywood gives us more opportunities because we've earned them. And there's the other thing though, I would say though, it's like one of the things I'm also excited about for the series. And I wouldn't even say this, if your listeners watch it and, and don't love it, right? Or whatever, I think that's also great. You know, I think something that white shows often get the benefit of is because there's so many of them yeah. that some of them can just be mediocre or some of them can just be okay. But like, because there's so few Latino shows, so much of, so many times we're like, it has to be perfect. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we just need more opportunities. We yeah. need to be able to make more and more shows. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal, right? Just to get more in production for everyone, right? And so... You know, I'm a part of the National Hispanic Media Coalition. I'm very lucky to be a board member of that 
organization that fights for Latinos in Hollywood. There's also Nalip uh, that does the same thing. You know, I want all of us to be working together on the same goal. And by the way, like there's shows like Selena, there are shows like Vida, there are shows like One Day at a Time. There are different shows because there's different Latinos. And I think yes. that's really what we want to showcase. You know, yes. we're not a monolith. Exactly, exactly, hermano. I want to be respectful of your time. And if it's okay with you, I want to set up a separate date for us to catch up more on your personal story. I think that in itself is a, an episode on its own and, and your inspiring story of being born in McAllen, Texas, going on to Harvard, then Oxford, and ending up where you're at today. So I want to be respectful of your time. Right now, we've been talking, I, I've had so much fun. So <laughs> That's great, right? Catch up again. And by the way, I'll just give everyone a spoiler alert. It's just, I was a dork. Like I didn't go out. I just worked super hard. There's no, it's just like, that's the spoiler alert, but I will go more in detail if you'll have me. But uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time and you guys living the, you guys are living the continuing dream. You guys are, you know, working and living together. I think it's so beautiful. And, um, you know, so that's inspiring to me too. Like I'm trying to get, you know, maybe I should uh, have my wife start doing more of my art. You guys are inspiring too. So thank you guys for having me. Well, thank you, hermano. We appreciate all the work that you and your team are doing for we Latinos that are trying to get our stories out there in the mainstream America, hermano. And thank you so much for what you're doing. And yeah, man, I encourage you. You and your wife working together on stuff. Like for example, right now, uh, Janet, by the way, says thank you as well, but she had a jet because <laughs> our one and a half year old just woke up from her nap. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because I wasn't hearing her laughing anymore. And I was like, oh, no, I've lost Janet. Like, she doesn't think I'm funny. So thank you. Thank you for confirming. <laughs> she had to hit the eject button, man. She had to run upstairs. Her daughter was going crazy. We get only about an hour with her of taking a nap. And that's when we get it in to be able to do this. So muchísimas gracias, hermano. Appreciate the love and support that you're giving uh, Latinos across Hollywood. No, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And right now, we would love for you to win a $100 gift card as a Christmas present from us to you. Five easy steps for your chance to win, okay? Numero uno, subscribe to our podcast on Apple if you haven't done that already. Yes. Number two, leave a new review of our podcast on the Apple Podcast platform. Take a screenshot of you listening to our podcast. Number four, post it on your Instagram stories. And tag us at Edgar I. Sotelo and at discovering agape boom that easy we would choose a winner that hopefully will be you and announce it on our episode that drops on wednesday december 23rd 2020 muchisimas gracias familia remember don't allow anyone or anything to steal your joy or your peace don't forget to follow us hashtag losotelos or losotelos.com remember to love serve and celebrate each other bendiciones y feliz navidad y año nuevo thanks for listening to hanging with Just a little bit of a